Wonderful, amazing. So um, I'm going to wrap up this series. Um, I seem to always do that, bookend things, kick it off, wrap it up. Um, so we've been looking at elements, you know, what are the things that should make up this healthy root system? Um, and the key message has been this, you are called to be fruitful, every single one of you. So as you abide in Jesus, Jesus abides in you. Um, the promise is fruit, but we need to pay attention to these areas that we've looked at um, to have good roots to sustain us. And, and after Christmas, we're going to go into a new series, which is kind of actually really a continuation of this series um, you know, we've looked at the roots. We're going to look at fruit after Christmas. What is this fruit we're supposed to bear? How do we cultivate it? How do we protect it? How do we make sure it's fruit that remains? That's what Jesus says in that bit in John. Actually, that you bear fruit that remains, not just for a bit, but actually, you know, we'd run our race well. We'd finish strong. Um, so that's what we're going to look at after Christmas. And this morning, I kind of feel like I want to sort of link the two series almost a little bit and talk about um, learning to live by the Spirit. Um, because a lot of these elements that we've looked at, you know, so, you know, prayer and reading the Bible and, you know, dealing with conflict and boundaries and how we speak, all these things, on one sense, you could say they've been hugely practical, which is great, um, in really, you know, requiring us to kind of make, you know, a good disciplined choice. Um, but actually, in essence, in all of this, they are supremely spiritual. And this is the thing I want to kind of, I suppose, highlight is that our walk as believers is spiritual first and foremost yes there is a very practical outworking um but you know my most pressing need your most pressing need is actually spiritual that's where it all starts and that might seem hugely obvious that being a christian is spiritual um but that's what i want to say it's spiritual this journey um and so i wanted to really briefly like three three aspects really what, what do we mean by that to kind of live this spiritual life we need to be born of the spirit we need to be filled with the Spirit, and we need to live in life in the Spirit. Um, so I'm going to pray, and then we're going to kick things off. Father, thank you that um, I thank you what you're doing in us and through us. Thank you, God, for our history. Thank you that you're doing today, and thank you what you've got for us in the future. Um, and Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, would you come, speak to us, encourage us, bring life to each one of us. I pray, um, open up your Word to us, and um, just bring revelation, understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. So. First thing, born of the Spirit. And this is what Sam talked about in the second point in in this series was, listen, that initial planting of the seed, it's, it's spiritual. Actually, becoming a Christian is a spiritual thing. And it's for all of us. That's why Jesus is talking to Nicodemus in John 3. Um, and he says, to enter the kingdom of heaven, you must be born again. He says, flesh gives birth to flesh. Spirit gives birth to spirit. So becoming a Christian isn't a philosophical decision. It's not like a new hobby. It's not lining ourselves up with a particular moral code. It's, it is a new birth spiritually. It's a spiritual new birth. Um, and now it's spiritual new life. Um, so, and it's an essentially spiritual thing. Paul says in 1 Corinthians that no one can say Jesus is Lord. You know, so that commitment of Jesus, you are Lord, you're Lord of my life. Paul says no one can say that except by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is active in our lives at that point of new birth, that seed being planted. Um, and in Ephesians 1, it says, when you believed, you were marked with him, in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. So at that point, there's this spiritual new birth and a spiritual marking. Holy Spirit is, is, marks us and says, actually, we're his. We belong to him now. And that is for all of us. Secondly is this. Life in the Spirit means we must be filled with the Spirit. Now, if you're, if you're a Christian, if you have said, Jesus is Lord, the Holy Spirit has been and is active in your life. Okay? Because you can't say Jesus is Lord without the Holy Spirit. And at the, when you believed you were marked with the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit is, is present in your life. Um, but there's more. If you look through the New Testament, very clearly, there are other separate occasions where um, the Holy Spirit comes and fills believers as a, something separate to salvation. I'm not going to go into detail, um, 
But it's not a one-off. If you look at, just for an example, look at Peter, one of the disciples. So Peter makes that amazing confession of faith. We looked at that in our Peter series, didn't we, where he says, you are the Christ, son of the living God. So from what Paul's saying is Peter couldn't have said that without the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit was active at that point of Peter's confession. But then at the Last Supper, Jesus says this, he promises them the Holy Spirit. So they've been walking with Jesus. Peter has had this revelation and this confession of Jesus, your Lord. Um, But Jesus promises, hey, there's someone coming. It's better that I go away so this Holy Spirit comes. It's that important. Um, And then when Jesus has died, buried, been resurrected, and he's back with the disciples, um, there's a point where he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. So there's obviously something that happens there. But then he also says, but wait in Jerusalem for the promised one. So then in Acts 2, in Pentecost, you see them gathered in this upper room and, you know, Holy Spirit absolutely blows through and crazy things happen. But then in Acts 4, the same believers are gathered again. The Holy Spirit's poured out again, shakes the whole room, and they're all filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, for me, my simple understanding of looking at those events just in Peter's life is you can't be saved without the Holy Spirit. It's new birth that is spiritual. It's spiritual revelation that leads to that. At that point, we're all marked with the Holy Spirit. So we do receive him, but there's more. There needs to be that point where we are filled, baptized with, immersed in the Holy Spirit. But even that isn't a one-off. You know, Paul's instruction in Ephesians 5, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So do not get drunk on wine, but be, rather be filled with the Holy Spirit. That word filled means be filled and go on being filled. It's a continuous idea, not a one-off. So to live life in the Spirit, we have to be born of the Spirit and filled and filled again and filled again with the Holy Spirit. Those two things need to be in place for all of us. But then the deal is now, actually, as believers, our walk is now spiritual. Actually, we're called to live life in the Spirit. And so we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit in order to daily do that. And I've talked on this before, so forgive me if you've been knocking around a while, but I think it's so important. Um, because as much as we've talked about these healthy roots, it, really those roots, the reason they matter is because there is life from the spirit that needs to flow through us into us and out of us and so now the call is life in the spirit and so we're going to be in Romans 8 which is my happy place um, this whole chapter is called life in the spirit and genuinely if I could only have one chapter of the bible I would have Romans 8 um, honestly if we could if we could if we could get this revelation in us and live it you know we would see transformation in every sphere of society it's such an important chapter so Romans 8, 1 to 11 um, is where we're going to be. I'm going to break it into three sections and pause a couple of thoughts um, as we go through. But if you've got your Bibles with you, Romans 8, verses 1 to 11. So it says this, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the, the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us. Listen, who do not live according to the flesh, but we live according to the spirit. Okay, short pause. This is now us. Okay, this is the good news. This is where you and I live. There is now no condemnation for us as we're in Jesus. That is an amazingly powerful truth because the law of the spirit who gives life has set us free from sin and death. Past tense. This stuff is done and established. It's, you know, life in the spirit is only possible because of the sacrificial work of Jesus. Paying for our sin, fulfilling the requirement of the law, 
making us in right relationship with God. All the work of Jesus, nothing to do with me. I just say, yes, thank you. Yeah? And so now we've been set free from one thing into the life of the Spirit and the Spirit that gives life. And so we can live, verse 4, according to the Spirit. So what does, that, what does that mean? How do you and I as believers live according to the Spirit and not according to the flesh? And that's what Paul goes into in the next few verses. So verse 5 onwards. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit, that's you and me, have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. So it's really clear there's this choice, yeah? So it keeps coming back to it, flesh or spirit. Comes back to it in various ways, doesn't it? There's two ways of walking, according to the flesh, according to the spirit. Um, And the key, massively important key here in living according to the spirit is, where's your mind at? So Paul says, actually, those minds set on the Spirit and also governed by the Spirit. So what is, you know, what is over your mind? What's, what's helping you make decisions? And the results are completely opposite. Yeah? So you've got flesh and Spirit, and the results are life and peace or death. It's fairly marked, the difference. So I want to look at this whole choice, because living according to the Spirit means we have to navigate this constant choice, living according to the flesh, according to the Spirit. So flesh comes from a Greek word, sarks, um, and it uses that word five times just in this one, those few verses, just in verses five to eight, it uses this word flesh five separate times. And it's used a lot through the New Testament. And I am not a Greek scholar, but um, from what I understand, it actually gets translated different ways in different contexts. So it can almost, it's quite a big word. It can mean different things. It can mean the physical bit of me, literally flesh and bones, like me, my physical body. Um, sometimes it definitely means sinfulness. Definitely means, you know, sinful flesh, like the old bit of us that was crucified with Christ. Sometimes flesh means sinful nature. Um, but honestly, I think it's an incomplete understanding if we think it, living according to the flesh, that Paul talks about in this passage, only means living according to sin. Although that is obvious, like if we are living, you know, with our minds set on sin, if we are living, you know, governed by sin, obviously the results of that are not going to be life and peace. So yes, it includes that, but I think there's more. I think there are times when this word flesh, um, and I think here is one of them, um, is actually what Paul is talking about is not just sin, but he's almost talking about our humanness. Other translations actually used, J.B. Phillips has a brilliant translation, and and in Galatians 5, which is where we're going to be next after Christmas, he talks about um, living our flesh as our lower nature. So it's almost like the the non-spiritual bit of me. Yeah? Does that make sense? So this might help. We've got a diagram. So there's three parts of us as people. Um, Those of you who've just done the Freedom Course, this is revision. Um, Three parts of people, Yeah? Spirit, soul, and body. Now, our soul is made up of our mind, our will, and emotion. Yeah? Now, listen. All of those parts of us are important. Like, God created us in that way, and so I think he loves us in that way. It's not that God is only concerned with our spirit. Um, Actually, one of the greatest commandment, when Jesus was asked, he said, is to love your Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. So, actually, all of me is to respond to all of God. So, 
it's not that body and soul don't matter, um, but this bit in Romans, Paul is saying, actually, we are called to have our minds set on the spirit, not flesh. And so in this context, you could think about flesh is those sort of two outer circles. It's my soul, my mind, my will, my emotion, and my body, the physical stuff that's going on. It's, it's stuff outside of and not including the spiritual me. Does that make sense? Yes? Okay. I'm not good. We're carrying on. Phillips. I'm going to look at, I want to look at this same passage, actually. J.B. Phillips was a, um, he was an English scholar. I think he was a vicar knocking around between the two world wars. And he has a beautiful translation of the New Testament, which I find really, really helpful. And I want to read those verses from Romans 8, 5 to 8, from that translation. And he uses, for flesh, he uses the word carnal. Okay? So the carnal attitude, so in the new um, the NIV version, the mindset on the flesh, here he's saying, the carnal attitude sees no further than natural things. So not necessarily, just, not necessarily sinful things, just natural things. But the spiritual attitude reaches out after the things of the spirit. The former attitude, carnal, means bluntly death. The latter means life and inward peace. And this is only to be expected, for the carnal attitude is inevitably opposed to the purpose of God and neither can nor will follow his laws for living. Men who hold this attitude cannot possibly please God. So living according to the flesh with the carnal attitude, he's saying he actually sees no further than natural things. But living according to the spirit, remember that's what we've been set free by the work of Jesus to do, and actually that we can reach out beyond just the natural after things of the spirit. You know, so when Paul says, you know, we live by faith, not by sight, you know, faith is this conviction of stuff I haven't seen yet. So I have to reach out beyond the natural, what I see, what I feel, what I understand. There is more than that, and we're called to live beyond purely the natural, fleshly realm. Does that make sense? So flesh, carnal nature is limited. It, the reason it says, look, it's, you're never, we're never going to please God if we purely live that is because there's so much more of the kingdom and we're never going to experience the fullness of the kingdom if we are purely living, limited to our humanness. Does that make sense? Because um, we've got to get past the natural into the supernatural. So life in the spirit actually is, listen, there is a consistent choice which involves our mind, think of those three parts, it involves our mind, which is in that human realm, if you like. There is a choice of my mind to set it on the spiritual, which is beyond sometimes what's going on in the natural. And so that's why our minds need renewing, because without being renewed by the Holy Spirit, my mind is, is always going to limit me. Um, I have to reach out beyond what I see, hear, feel, understand into the more of God and it is tough and it is a struggle and and it is and that's what Paul's talking about is there's this choice between living according to the flesh and according to the spirit listen be encouraged even Jesus I think had that struggle that doesn't sound horribly heretical in Luke 22 and Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane and he's praying and he's you know it says he's so distressed to the point of you know sweating drops of blood and he says I you know father I don't want to do this essentially if it's possible like take this cup away like that is Jesus, almost his sort of soul, his, his mind, his will, his emotions, understandably saying, I just don't want to do this. But then he says, but not my will, yours. There's that point where he's like, all this stuff is real, what I'm feeling, what I'm understanding, what I'm terrified of. Actually, I'm going to submit that to spirit and say, not my will, but what you want. 
There's that choice, even in Jesus, to live according to the spirit, according to the flesh. Listen, it's not that we ignore those other parts of us, how I'm feeling. Like Phil said, like, don't ignore your emotions. Like, that's an unhealthy way of living. You know, God made us emotional people. We need to pay attention to them, but we're not to be ruled by them. But we don't ignore them. Like, you know, when we talked about wisdom, it's not that our mind has no place. We're not to throw our brains out as Christians. Um, but listen, the deal is, where do I land? So yes, you know, there's things that are painful, that you know, are frightening, that you know, there's grief, there's loss, there's, there's real things that are absolutely part of our human walk. They absolutely are. So I'm not saying those things don't matter, and I'm not saying we ignore those things. But the thing is, those things don't lead you. You're to be led by your spirit which is actually even beyond those things. That's why when Paul says, you know, we have peace that passes understanding. Like there's a possibility to say, there is no possible reason why I should feel peace. It makes no sense for me to feel peaceful in this circumstance, and yet I do. Because that's life in the spirit. It's beyond the natural. So being led by the Holy Spirit, consistently filled with the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, speaking and leading primarily that initial connection to my spirit is how we should live not what feels familiar what feels comfortable what kind of seems reasonable right now and it is a tussle let me give you an example I'm going to paint myself in a really bad light now that's all right um so a few um about a year or so ago now I got caught speeding um and that's the only time in my 40 years. And um, I was actually driving Abby as a bridesmaid to Steph's house to get ready for their wedding. And I was running a little bit late. And I didn't speed by much, but I did speed and I got caught. And so I had to do the whole speeding course thing. Um, so kind of like, yep, it's fair cop. I did it. Um, so I had to sign up for this speeding course. And it was at a hotel in Gorton. And a few weeks before that, this is, I'm painting myself in another bad light. Phil's already blabbed this. I managed to blend my own finger. Um, which wasn't my finest. I was using a hand blender and some stuff got caught around the end of it and I went to scoop it out and, and then with my other hand turned it on. And it's like, what are you doing? Anyway, like really did mash my finger. Um, and uh, so I ended up in A&E. Um, I looked at it for ages going, do I need to go? And I was like, oh, no, I do. Anyway, so I went to A&E on a Monday night, which Sally always says is the worst time to go to A&E and it was heaving. And so I sat there for hours and there was this young woman there who... Uh, I'm convicted by now. I had a really poor attitude towards because she really obviously didn't really need to be there and she brought five friends with her. And so there was like, there's no space and, you're, and I was you know, just a bit like, Arr. anyway, it was all fine. I got my fingers sorted. Fast forward to my speeding course. Who is the receptionist at the hotel but that girl who I had a really bad attitude towards? Um, and I remember walking in and instantly, you know when your, your sort of Holy Spirit goes, there's something to do here. Anyway, long story short, like I felt like God say, I've got you here for a reason. There's something that happened. So I think she'd actually, um, I think she'd been in a fight and had had a sort of head injury. And I only know that because she was blabbing it to the whole waiting room. Um, but I felt like God said, listen, there's some stuff she's still processing that. I want you to tell her I've got it. So kind of so when we first got there like the hotel it was it was a city we're playing and there were a load of visiting you know it's like really busy and I was just like how do I do this so didn't went into the speeding course and then came out then my choice between flesh or spirit literally kicked in because you know when you like you know God's saying Sarah I want you to do this you know your spirit's like yep that is what and, and your flesh is saying no you know no that doesn't make sense she's probably going to tell me to get lost you know you're just like ah anyway so this tussle was raging, and I bottled it and went and got in the car. 
I know. And, and so I sat in the car and I was just like, no, I don't want to do this. And I went to drive off and then drove round the roundabout and came back in and sat in the car park again. I literally did that three times. <laughs> and then I went out again. And I was like, come on, come on. And then I went through the drive through and I hate McDonald's. But I was just like, I was just like, no, I can't go because I've got to do this. It was just this ridiculous struggle. In the end, I was like, I'm literally doing my own head in. I'm just going to do this for goodness sake. So I went in and probably, you know, in just a bit of a clunky way and I said, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but I, feel you, well, I think you were in A&E and said, listen, um, I said, I feel like kind of God's got me here for a reason. And I can't remember the exact words I said. And I said, is there anything that you're still struggling with from that? She's like, and she just was looking really like, oh. And she, yeah, and she said, no, I don't think so. Which I was a bit like, oh. But I said, I said oh, well, I, said, I just want you to know. God, I think God sent me here because he wants you to know he knows where you are and he really cares. And he cares that that happened to you and he's with you. And she was like, oh. And so then I, and I walked out. And you know when you're just like, and so it's like this ridiculous struggle. And I'm like, how, how is this so difficult? Um, but, but it's real. Like, so it's, there's this choice. Um, and so I want to kind of encourage us that, listen, that struggle is real and we're all there. Um, but there is that point where you have to say, you almost have to just say, I'm stuck stomping on my flesh I know that you know almost like my toes are curling and this I've got you know feel so clunky but I know this is what God's doing and we've been freed by the work of Jesus to live according to the spirit but we have to choose to set our minds say no this is what God's saying and so I'm going to go for it so I want to just Paul's process through Romans the work of Jesus has set us free in order to be able to live according to the Spirit. There's this conflict between the flesh and the Spirit, and he's this challenge to fix your mind on the Spirit. And then he comes into verses 9 and 11. For the sake of time, I'm just going to read this from the Phillips translation. Um, but this is verses 9 to 11. So all of that stuff, he's saying, listen, you know, you've got to set your mind on the Spirit. Setting your mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Living according to the flesh, we're not going to please God, and, and it's death. But, verse 9, he says this, But you are not carnal, but spiritual, if the Spirit of God finds a home within you. And you cannot indeed be a Christian at all unless you have something of his Spirit in you, which we've talked about. So if you're thinking, okay, I'm spiritual if the Spirit of God finds a home in me. Does the Spirit of God find a home in me? Yes, because you can't be a Christian otherwise. So this is you. You're not carnal, you're spiritual. Then he goes on to say, now, if Christ does live within you, which he does, um, his presence means that your sinful nature is dead, but your spirit becomes alive because of the righteousness he brings with him. I said that our nature is dead in the presence of Christ, and so it is because of its sin. Nevertheless, once the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives within you, he will, by that same spirit, bring to your whole being new strength and vitality. This is a game-changing, game-changing truth. This is so profoundly important. I know some of you might be thinking, well, that's all well and good, but you've not seen my last week. Like, you've not, you don't know how strong my emotions are. You don't know how much I struggle with my thoughts. But listen, Paul's saying, you're not carnal. You are not limited to the human natural realm. You're not. You're spiritual. If the Spirit lives in you, and he does, because you can't be a Christian. Can you see his reasoning? That's why I love Paul, because he's just like so thorough in making sure you've got this. You can't be a Christian unless the Spirit is in you. And so those who live in the flesh can't please God, but that's not you anymore. So you absolutely can please God because you're free to live according to the Spirit. That's your life now. Your Spirit is alive because of Jesus. 
So we've got to learn to live from that place. This is my long way of getting, this is my whole point. How do we learn to live from that place of life that's within us? Verse 11, let me read it again. Nevertheless, once the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives within you, he will by that same spirit. So the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and by that spirit, in your spirit, he's going to bring to your whole being, mind, emotions, will, body, um, new strength and vitality. The rest of my being follows once that place of spirit to spirit connection and filling happens. So the life of Jesus, resurrection life that's in my spirit, seeps out into my mind and renews the way I think, into my emotions and brings peace and healing, into my body, and I'm physically healed even, but from that place. And, and my concern is that as Christians, sometimes we can... We keep dealing with those outer two spheres and we forget that his life in the spirit is what we're called to and what we're released into. But strength and vitality to my mind, emotions, my body and my will, but from that spirit first connection. It's important that that alignment is there. But, and listen, it is a process. Life in the spirit is a journey. And, and what my journey over the last little bit has been, how do I learn to live from the spirit and to actually grow spiritually strong? Like, I've grown up with a very strong mind and a strong will. Apparently, of my four sisters, I was hands down the worst toddler. I used to have monster... Which you're like, that doesn't sound like Sarah. I know Sally, right? But, like, I'm strong-willed, quietly. Like, I I wouldn't be stroppy as a teenager or an adult, but but strong will. My journey's been, how do I learn to grow spiritually strong and live spirit first? Not just mind, not just will. Um, But it is a journey. This diagram will help us, so... This is on the Freedom Course as well. It's almost, if you like, our soul, our fleshly part of it, so mind, will, and emotions, is often like a a sumo wrestler. Yeah? The spiritual part of us often can start off like a stick man when we first get saved. Like, not very well exercised, you know, a little bit skin and, and scrawny. And the journey, folks, is learning to consciously build up our spiritual person. Yeah? Feed your spirit, live from your spirit, you know, worship, reading the Bible, praying in tongues, encouraging one another, bringing and encouraging life in the spirit. Because the, the thing is, our soul, if you like, um, that sumo wrestler, is just so often used to being the more powerful one. And for some of you, it might be emotions. Some of you, it might be mind. Some of it might be kind of just will and choice. And listen, again, none of those things are wrong or ungodly but it's spirit to spirit first. And when, you know, when our emotions are really, really loud, and when there's physical stuff going on, when, you know, when I worked 15 years as a physio, people who are in chronic pain, it's massively challenging, and it can absolutely dominate and take over. Like, that stuff's real, but we have the life of Jesus, resurrection power of Jesus, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. So how do you access that life? And really, you know, my, my journey, and I've shared with you before, um, you know, my sort of struggles in the past with, you know, fairly significant insomnia and anxiety and sort of panic attacks at night and things. And, and I had two laps around this. Um, I remember the second time, um, I was, you know, just chronically not sleeping, you know, signed off work, you know, medicate, just not functioning. And I remember just thinking, why is this happening? Like, what's going on? And, and long story short, but God really kindly and gradually showed me that actually, as much as I'm saved, now listen, in none of this am I saying that we're not saved. You are. If you believe in your heart and confess your mouth for Jesus Lord, you're saved. Done. Settled. Okay? That, we're not talking about that. But God, show me, Sarah, you're living very much according to your soul. And for me, mind and will. 
Sarah, what's the right decision? Make a good choice. Just do the right thing. You know, measure up. Be all things to all people. I wasn't in obvious rebellious sin, but actually I was living according to the flesh. What do I need to do? How do I function? How do I measure up? Listen, not sinful. Seriously, not life and peace, though in any way, shape, and form. Um, this sort of driving perfectionism, needing to cope in all th- situations, was absolutely, I think, you know, things totally began to unravel. Um, so life and peace that Paul promises is the result of living by the Spirit. That was not my reality in any way. And you know what? It's really, really hard. It's, it's easy to say this now, but honestly, at that point when I was panicking at night and palpitations and sort of signed off work, it just not functioning in any way, you know, my soul, my mind, my emotions, especially, were yelling, Sarah, you are losing it. Um, and I was. But I gradually, I didn't have this momentary breakthrough. But there was this process, as God kind of showed me, this whole idea of learning to live spirit to spirit first. And then I found this verse um, in the Phillips translation of Romans 8, that actually, once the spirit lives in you, He'll bring strength and vitality to everything else. And I suddenly was like, that's the key. That's the journey. That's where things have got wrong. Um, So I gradually focused on this journey of how do I live spirit first? You know, what is the Holy Spirit saying to me? How can I make space for those deep calling to deep spiritual connections despite my circumstances? And so I would still not be sleeping and I would still physically feel anxious pretty much from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to bed. But, you know, initially the only time I felt peace was when I would worship. And it was just that, I've just got to find those spaces. And so from then till now, you know, my journey has absolutely been, how do I keep learning to live led by the Spirit? How can I lean into what the Holy Spirit is saying? And, and there's times when it, it kind of it gets drowned out by our circumstances, drowned out by stuff that's going on. But we have to learn to lean in. Spirit first, setting our minds on the Spirit, because there's life and peace in a totally new way that actually is entirely separate from circumstances. Um, but listen, it's so easy, and I, absolutely, it, it's easy for me to kind of, you fall back into kind of self-reliance and, you know, strong soul. You know, Sarah, think the right thing, do the right thing, make the right choice. And listen, there's, there's a place for that, and I'm, there's absolutely a place for us to be disciplined and make good choices. But listen, if, if we're doing all of that without spiritual life at the core of us, at some point, things will unravel. We need both ends. So I'm not saying stop making good choices, I'm not saying ignore your emotions. I'm not saying what's going on physically doesn't matter. I'm not. I'm just saying there's a way to access life in a totally new way if we can figure out this spirit-spirit connection and learning to live according to the spirit and growing spiritually strong. It's really interesting. In Luke 1, there's this Greek word. um, It's called akratiotuo. I think that's how you say it. It's talked about John the Baptist and Jesus as children. Okay, It's the only time this word is used in the New Testament Um, And it specifically means, in some translations it says, and the child grew strong in stature. Actually, the literal translation, the more accurate translation, is that John the Baptist as a child and Jesus as a child, they grew spiritually strong. Spiritually, it's it's talking very specifically about spiritual growth. And when I read that, I was like, gosh, if Jesus needed to learn to grow spiritually strong, it's totally okay that I need to. That's an okay thing. It is a process. And so... I want to land this. The, the whole link with the whole of the rest of these, this series is actually, is when we're reading the Bible, it's totally possible to read the Bible in a fleshly way. I don't mean a sinful way, but purely a information, you know, duty, discipline. And there's a place for discipline. But if you like 
the choice and the discipline is a framework, is almost like us making a vessel, but our heart has to be, Holy Spirit, come fill it. Like life isn't in the structured discipline choice, but those things actually make a place for the life of the Spirit to come and fill. That's what living according to the Spirit means. And so when we pray, when we're resolving conflict, not just what are my emotions saying, but stepping aside and saying, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? What do you want me to do? How do I set, how do I set my mind on what the Spirit is saying? Not purely what my emotions are saying. Does that make sense? We need that spirit in us, prompting us, leading us, empowering us, inspiring us. But with, yes, there's a place for discipline, choice, commitment. It's like that's the trellis. You know, we talked about actually in the gardening analogy, you've got a trellis on your wall. It's, it's for something to grow up, but the life is in the spirit. Without the life of the spirit, they're just good choices. And they're, you know, they're, but with the Holy Spirit coming and invading our times in the word of God, it's powerful. Actually, when the Spirit comes and, and invades when we're praying, when we're worshipping, when we're encouraging one another, then there is life that comes. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead wants to come and bring life to us. And that flows then to every other part of us. But my encouragement to you is, is you need to live Spirit first. And as we move into that, this next series after Christmas, actually the fruit that is to come, you know, Paul talks in Galatians 5, it's the fruit of the Spirit. Um, so I want us to move and I want us to, how can we encourage and champion one another um, to move into that place where it's spirit to spirit connection first? Actually, it's the life of the spirit in us. That's where the fruit comes from. And that's the fruit that's going to remain when we're living, anchored, connected to the life of the spirit in us and flowing through us. So we're led and empowered by the presence of the Holy Spirit. And listen, it's a journey. We have to learn to grow spiritually strong and we need to, for all of this to even be slightly possible, we have to be filled and filled again and filled again with the Holy Spirit. And there's, there's always more um, and there's such life to be found as we learn to lean in and say, okay, Holy Spirit, come and fill me again. You know, settle my mind, settle my emotions, leave my circumstances to one side. It's actually what Lou got's doing in worship. So interesting she said that. Actually, we need to step aside and say, no, I want to give him my full attention spiritually. And then life flows. So, why it stand and let's pray. I want to say two things. If you have not become a Christian, been planted and been born again from spirit, um, I want to encourage you, that is the most pressing need in your life and it is the most important day that you'll ever have. And we'd love to stand with you and pray with you to do that. So please come find myself or Phil or San or any of the team at the front here. We'd love to do that. Um, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, and whether you're like, do you know, has that ever happened? Whether that's happened 30 times, you need to be filled again. And, and so I want, that's what I want to pray, actually, that the Holy Spirit would come and fill us again and bring that life in our spirit and then enable us to go and grow spiritually strong, live according to the Spirit um, in all things. Mark, do you want to come pray for us? Um, so I just want you to maybe open your hands out. And actually, wherever you find yourself in that journey, um, there's a really good time when we just need to come and say, God, I want more. I need more. Actually, I'm, I've got to reach out beyond the natural. I know there's more. I know there's life for me. Um, so, yeah, position yourself there. Mark, why don't you pray for us? Brilliant. There's a reason why that chapter starts with there's no, there is now therefore no condemnation, right? Because to be led by the Spirit is to learn how to walk. And I've nurtured three children and I'm starting on my grandchildren, teaching them how to walk. And there's never any condemnation. There's only celebration. 
when they put one foot in front of the other and they get it right. And when they don't get it right, we pick them up. We pick them up. So, Father, I, I just want to release everybody in this room. I want to break off any condemnation for our history as we think about what it means to be led by the Spirit. We so easily gravitate, Lord, to our failures. And you're so focused on our successes. So I make a declaration over every single heart and mind in this room. There is now, therefore, no condemnation. I break it off in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray for myself. I pray for every single person here. Lord, we confess there is a tendency in us to be led entirely by what we can see, what we can feel, and what we can understand. There's a tendency to be led by self-preservation and self-gratification. What feels safe and what feels good. That's just... That's just that tendency in us to live that way, God. We confess that to you. We say that is how it is. That's the reality. We're not pretending that's not the case, God. Because Romans 8, Paul tells us that is that inclination in us to live and lead that way. But I thank you that there is now, because of what Jesus has done, an opportunity for each and every one of us to live differently not to be limited by what we can see, feel and understand, what feels safe and feels good, but to be led by the voice of the helper, the one Jesus that you said you would send, who would be just like you, but who would be in us and with us every second and minute and hour of every single day. And I pray for myself, I pray for every single one of us, my brothers and sisters here, God, that Holy Spirit, you would fill us as a person, that you would fill us, that we would grow in our friendship with you, Holy Spirit, that we would learn to know what it is that you feel, that you see, that you think, that we would listen and come to know your voice speaking to us. Lord, I pray for our eyes, the eyes of our heart, to see the ears of our heart to hear and for our minds God to be shaped and controlled by the spirit which is life and peace Holy Spirit come and do what only you can do teach us to be led by you we are willing to learn and we agree, God, with you that we will celebrate our success and we will not condemn ourselves or anyone else for our failure, God. But we will grow our spirit life with your help so that the spirit man and the spirit woman becomes the big guy, the big girl in our lives. 
and we reverse that image in Jesus' name.